Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another edition of the Black Knight Podcast. Hello. With me, McKaylee, and him over there, the Jonathan guy. And we're recording this today. It's Tuesday, the 31st of May, 2022. I would love to say that the weather is gorgeous and everything else, but it's kind of a bit weird. It's been kind of raining on and off um, for the last the last few hours so it's a bit weird it's lovely here the sun's shining it's 80 degrees fahrenheit and it's the air conditioning is on it's proper summer finally okay so i don't know what 80 degrees fahrenheit is in real money so that means nothing to me 20 degrees celsius i think okay that's comfortable that's comfortable that's warm that's warm without um being sweaty or uncomfortable and nasty. Well, the thing is, is we have humidity as well, so that makes it feel hotter. Right, whereas we don't have humidity, well, we do have humidity, but not the same kind. Yeah. My my greenhouse will be, well, it was at around 30 degrees where I left this morning, which is fine. Wow, that's hot. No, hot is when it hits about 50, which it was doing the other, which was doing a few days ago, and that was with all the vents open, and Basically, at 50, when it's at 50 degrees, everything in there is uh, rather thirsty. So, a few things going on. To be honest, there isn't a huge amount going on kind of on a technology side of things at the moment. We've got a bunch of things internally that we are working on, and more will be revealed in the next few weeks, hopefully. But we're testing, testing new software. We're trying to make iron out iron out some interesting issues and it's the usual case of when you're dealing with software that you you make five five steps forward and six steps back and it's it's always a lot of fun well and when, and when it does finally launch i'm sure we will be talking about that because it's i think it's interesting the story behind it is interesting it's been a long time coming well it's taken long anyway we'll get into that let's get into a segue so so the few things yeah, it's been so what's been kind of eating up column inches in this country for the last few days is Dublin Airport and Dublin Airport and Dublin Airport. So <laughs> it's even made the headlines here. Yeah, and, and not in a good way, no. unfortunately. No. It's kind of worrying. So Dublin Airport has kind of descended into chaos by the looks of things. There were massive queues snaking around outside both terminal buildings at the weekend and there's probably a couple of thousand people who missed flights on Sunday which is really really bad and why is this happening well bottom line a lot of the staff were laid off during covid and they haven't been haven't hired them all back haven't hired back enough people yet that's the bottom line but it's not just it's not just security staff it's also staff in a lot of the shops and cafes and other things in the airport because even once you get through security there's massive lines for pretty much everything airside as well i've got a wonderful trip coming up in a couple of weeks time where i've got to deal with Dublin Airport, which is going to be an absolute mess, unless they manage to fix it magically between now and then, which I'm not too confident about. 
And then on the way back, um, going through the other big mess in Europe, which is Amsterdam, Schiphol, which is also having huge issues. Yeah, I think it's crazy that the airlines and the government seem to think that they could resume their pre-pandemic schedules, but without the, the staff that they had pre-pandemic. It's kind of baffling. Well, it's not the airlines. The airlines... So depend, depending on the airlines, some of them had re- had retained all their staff. Others had laid off loads of staff and offered voluntary redundancies and all that kind of thing. Yeah, like the, like, the issue is the airports. Yeah, the airport staffing levels are way down, and you know they're now playing kind of past the parcel when it comes to blame. And I think in with in the case of Dublin, it just looks like there's it's a perfect storm between issues around them hiring replacement staff and then, it, and then it came out in some news bulletin earlier today that apparently there's been some issue with payroll so a lot of the staff that are actually working aren't being paid properly their 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 payroll is is a bit of it's been has been a total mess so this has been dragging on for several weeks so at this stage people aren't interested in doing overtime or anything like that because they're not being they're not being paid and isn't it isn't the ceo leaving to another job in the middle of all this so this yeah so the ceo is leaving in september for a completely different job in a totally different sector so people baying for blood of the ceo are really kind of barking up the wrong tree because the guys already quit so whose head can we take damn it (laughs) well that's what's kind of interesting because they're not a the airport is not a is not private it's it's owned by the government so the government minister the junior minister and the actual minister himself have been meeting with them and basically giving them ultimate putting in place proper a proper plan and all this kind of thing for dealing with the upcoming bank holiday weekend and the rest of the summer schedule. I've no idea how well that's going to work work out for them. Do you think? But I'm, uh, just, dre- I'm, I'm just dreading going through Dublin Airport, though. Do they? Do you think this could lead to the airport actually being privatized? No, no. I don't see how privatizing it would help. Well, privatizing never airports never helps anything other than the people who buy the airport. But uh, oh no 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 no! I wouldn't see. No, I, I can't see that happening. Okay. No, they this 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 hopefully they'll 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 sort sort out stuff now that they've got like they're getting the intention of the entire country and I mean it's it's not a good look. It is well, uh, not a good look. I think it's funny reading Irish Twitter. People are like, "I'm going to take go to Cork Airport now or Shannon Airport." And all I can think is, it took us quite a while to get to the west of the country. That's a long drive <laughs> if you don't have to make it. <laughs> Well, so the, so this is one of the one of there's a few of these rather unhelpful suggestions from people, and things like oh yeah you can fly out of Shannon or Cork and it's like well yeah okay you can fly out of Shannon or Cork, but only to a limited number of destinations, and to, and then also, if there's say you know four flights a day out of Dublin to Amsterdam I mean there might be more I'm not sure, there's probably two out of Cork. So I was like, I looked into it. I was like, okay, you know, could I, could I possibly 
drive, go down to Cork for the weekend to see family, leave the car there and fly out of, out of Cork and back into Cork. And in theory I could, but practically it wouldn't be particularly good because the schedule is kind of horrible. Yeah, it's like me, you know, I, I could drive to Detroit for a transatlantic flight, but why would I do that when it's four hours, five hours away, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just not, it's not practical, but also spending four or five hours in a queue at Dublin Airport is not practical either. I mean, that's not something that I'd be willing to do. Right. Anyway, look, we'll, hopefully, hopefully by the time we talk again, things like this will have been resolved. It's just, it's just worrying because if you've got flights booked and you're thinking like, you know, if I, how early do I need to get to the airport and what's going to happen if I miss my connection? It's, it adds a lot of stress. Well, and it, the longer it goes on, the more it will leak into the tourist sector here in the US where people are like, I'm, I'm not going to go to Ireland because, you know, the, the chaos at the airport because people don't know if they'll be able to come, come home and they'll just be like, well, well, why don't we just continue to wait? Whereas Ireland would very much like those tourist dollars to return. Well, it's the, and it's the same with, with other parts of Europe. I mean, there's, there's massive issues at Manchester airport. There's been huge issues out of Heathrow, Stansted and I'm not sure which other one. There's another one, another one of the London airports that have been having problems. There's been lots of cancellations. Uh, Schiphol has been an absolute disaster for the last few weeks. The last time I flew out of there, people who had, had boarded at Schiphol um, had spent two or three hours queuing for security. <laughs> to be fair, I flew into Manchester and pre-pandemic, and it was a disaster at normal times. So I feel bad for them right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, we'll. I mean, look. I don't know. This. It, I say it's worrying, and I mean, for a multitude of reasons. I mean, the the tourism, obviously, just the entire stress for those of us who have to have to travel for work a bit it's it's worrying plus i mean a lot of people you know they want they want to they've been stuck here for the last two years they they, they want to get out of the country to to see something different to have a break it's you know to get a bit of headspace you know it's yeah some of the hot takes from people are not helpful people are saying things like oh you shouldn't be traveling it's bad for the environment and it's like well thanks we have to be helpful yeah we have to live have to, yeah yeah, I mean, like there's lots of things that are bad for the environment and bad for this and bad for that. I mean, anyway. Yeah, the, 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 the problem of climate change isn't really going to be fixed by personal choices. It's going to be fixed by grand decisions made on a global level. And that's a good seeg into one of the other topics we wanted to talk about today, about how Ireland or how the EU is going to be ending its reliance on Russian gas imports. And so I was kind of curious to know, what would that mean for Ireland? Would that help Ireland go green faster? What's what's the situation like? So, so it's a bit of an odd one. We don't directly import Russian gas. Okay. Do, that doesn't mean it doesn't impact us, obviously. But we don't import it directly. We would, of course, be importing products and things that 
come from countries that do import it so that so if there's any kind of disruption to gas and other fuels going to those countries it could have a knock-on effect but i mean in terms of ireland kind of going green i suppose it's more down to kind of a self-sufficiency type thing like i was looking at topics around things like food security over the last couple of months i mean prior prior to the the war in ukraine these weren't exactly top of mind but since the war in ukraine i mean ukraine produces a huge amount of wheat and other things that go back out into the european ecosystem that are used for flour for bread and for tons loads and loads of other things to do with other products that just get into that food chain and yeah just that entire thing around food security has gone from being some kind of abstract concept to being something that I'm looking at a bit more closely, but I'm also like looking at the entire, you know, how self-sufficient can we be? Um, can we reduce our carbon emissions? I mean, what about, you know, the entire supply? So anyway, to answer your question, I think it's got, the, there is definitely going there is going to be increased pressure to for Ireland to go green, to go greener. I suppose the problem is that it's kind of trying to. For the government, the government seems to be pushing forward at at once at one at a particular speed, but the country is going at a totally different speed. I think right. that the two the two are kind of out of sync. So, like at the moment, so the, so one of the things here is that we have this entire thing about these paying, like taxes related to carbon and things like that that you go on to your electricity bill it's not a huge amount of money but the problem is at the moment with the inflation everything the cost of everything's gone up dramatically and this is like this morning i was listening to a report where they were they were going through like comparing a shopping basket from may 2022 with the shopping the same shopping basket from may 2021 and on some items, the increase was like 40-50%. Wow. In 12 months, which is, is kind of scary. Like, I mean, I've seen it myself with filling up the car. So, like, my like my car now, I could put like 80 or 90 euro worth of diesel into it, and that will not fill the tank. Whereas a year ago, that would have filled the tank. And you know, I I don't drive massive mileage, so I mean, it's not it's not a major issue for me personally. But for people who would be commuting up and down to Dublin, like almost every single day, that's a problem. Yeah, it's even a problem here. I know. Last year, I made the mistake of buying an SUV because I'm an American, and that's what we do when we buy a car. And the gas is now so much money that the credit card companies actually cap you off at a set amount when you're pay, when you pay at the pump. So the cap now will no longer fill your gas tank. So it's lots of very expensive gas. It was my wife just drove across the country that was very expensive. Okay, very expensive by American standards means by still American cheap by standards. Yeah, it's, it's still, still cheap by ours. <laughs> yeah, it's still probably four times cheaper than filling a tank in Ireland. <laughs> like, how much is it per liter? I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but it's. Well, how much? How much is it per gallon then? Well, out in California, my wife filled her tank yesterday. It was like seven fifty a gallon. Seven dollars. Right, so seven, 
Yeah. Okay, seven. Okay, so one seven fifty a gallon. So one gallon to liters is four and a half. So four and a half liters to a gallon, roughly. So that oh, I can't. I can't do this off the top. I can't do this on the fly. <laughs> Hold on. So you said seven seven fifty. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. It, it's it's still. Okay, so it's, so it's about one fifty a liter. Yeah. Or or less. Roughly, possibly. yeah. Yeah, it's like we're our we're paying close to two euro a liter. Wow. Now it was nice. above two. It was above two euro a liter. It's it's come back down, and then at one point, recently diesel was significant. Had actually become more expensive than petrol, and that kind of reset again. And, you know, it obviously it varies, but it's up around the two euro per liter mark at the moment, and unlikely to drop anytime soon. But a lot of people will be buying electric cars. Well, this is part of the problem because the initial outlay for for an electric car means that they're still going to be out of reach for a lot of people. Right. And it's not just the cost of the car. You also have to look at like the charging infrastructure. Where are you going to charge it? Like, do you have do you have a a charger at home or at your at your place of work, or are you going to have to install one? And can you even install one? So, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's fine for somebody, somebody in a, you know, good, in a good paying job and all that, fine, they can probably afford to do it if they want to, but for somebody who is at the lower end of the spectrum, it's going to be out of reach, because they don't have, like, 20,000 euro just sitting, lying around, spare to, to go off and buy, to go off and buy a new car. Well, it's funny, even though here in the U.S., you know, cars like a Tesla are, they're very expensive cars. I, I like to say they're a rich man's toy because they, I've never met a middle class person that, that has one, but yet the factory cannot make them fast enough. And I, I live along I-80, which is the main cross-country route in the U.S., and whenever you go anywhere, you'll see it. You'll see half a dozen trucks filled with Teslas going going wet or going east from the west, and it's like they can't make them fast enough. So somebody's buying them. Sure, I mean the the this this look the problem at the moment is that there's a massive shortage of cars in general, whether they're electric or otherwise. Yeah, like here here in the in the in Ireland, if you have a car that's like less than four, like less than say six six years old or seven years old. You'll have no problem finding a buyer for it in the second-hand market. The garages are just, I don't, can't get cars. But, of course, there's no new cars available. There's a, just a general shortage of cars. I'm trying to find out how much, how much a second-hand car, second-hand EV would cost. And all the listings I'm finding are all POA, which is not particularly helpful. <laughs> like, couldn't you just tell me how much the damn thing is, please? Or is it that I, if I have to ask, maybe I can't afford it? <laughs> well, I probably can't afford it, but I just, I just find that annoying that there's no actual price listed um, on on there. It would be good to know like what the actual price is. Let's have a look at new cars. Okay, so a new electric car. Let's see. 
So let's see, electric hatchback, so kind of a smaller smaller car. Audi e-tron GT, available, tell me it's going to be available in November? That's a bit ridiculous. Price lowest. I forgot to say, it's all POA. How are you meant to know how much a car costs if they're all coming up as POA, for God's sake? That's ridiculous. It, it changes based on based on how virtuous I think you are. Okay, you could get a second hand you could probably get a second hand Nissan Leaf uh, for about ten or eleven thousand. But that's going to be an eight year old car. Which isn't exactly ideal. Like to get something actually let's do it this way. Hold on a second now. But it also doesn't have the same wear and tear that a normal combustion car has, so it, just because it's eight years old doesn't mean it will be like an eight year old car. Mm, sure, but I mean, I don't know. If I was going to buy a car, I'm not sure I'd want to be buying one that old. Right. I'd probably want something that was a little bit well, younger and not as long on the tooth, let's just say. Like I'm seeing there, like a, a 2018, it's like 19 grand for a leaf. Pricey enough. Let's see, coupe, saloon. Anyway, I'm not going to be, I'm not run, going to be rushing off to buy one anytime soon. Though, no, I wouldn't mind that now, that's not bad now. BMW 5 Series. Oh, that's petrol. Okay, I was wondering why that was there. Oh, that's a hybrid. Oh, excuse me. That's thirty-five thousand. Not exactly, not exactly affordable for the average, uh, no. for the average person. Especially on the wages, the double airport place. Oh, oh, but it just ouch, 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 ouch. <laughs> yeah, I'd look at the, this entire thing with the inflation. It's interesting. I mean, we've we we've been hit with the increased power costs. For the date which will be impacting our costs in the data centers, um, I know I'm eagerly anticipating my the the surcharge of my bill next month. <laughs> there's nothing, but there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, oh, this I is know. just this is just what we're dealing with. I don't know. I mean, there's other stuff which is which is impacted by this, but it's just a kind of a general kind of gentle increase. Like it's you know it's a couple of percent here, it's a couple of percent there, and it just kind of filters into everything. So people, I, sp- I just suspect now that we're going to see kind of a tightening of the proverbial belts, I suppose, across the board as these kind of things come through. Fun and games. Fun and games. So you mentioned that you wanted to talk about the challenges of being an ISP and with dealing with the various streaming services. What, what topic about that do you want to discuss? So this is an interesting one. I was like, so you know, you, when you're when you're building out an ISP, you can you think about things like, oh, you know, which routers do I need to put in for in to give to the users, and how much do you charge, and what will you position it, and maybe the technical support, and all of these different things. These are all the things that you you think are important, but then you discover that. One of the bigger issues you're running into is that because the internet has grown so much and has got and has so many and has so many wonderful things on it, but so many bad things and bad people on it, a lot of the streaming services are blocking access 
from large swathes of the internet. Like you cannot access Netflix, you cannot access Disney Plus, you cannot access all four, you cannot access the RTE player. You have to your IP ranges have to be added to a kind of a safe list. If your if your IP ranges are not on those safe lists, then those services just will not will just not work for you at all. And it's not something that I thought we'd ever have to deal with. I hadn't even predicted it. It wasn't like on my kind of it wasn't on my radar as being a problem. But it is a problem. And with some com- some of those companies it's fine. They they have they have fairly fairly clear policy and process you go through, you know, you contact them in a particular way. You give them the information that they need. They might come back with a question. You're added to that list. Your your IP addresses are then able to access the service and you all get on with your life. But things sometimes change. So we had an issue there recently where one of the large um, streaming services, which I will not name, but let's just say it's very popular, decided for some reason to change how they were doing this. So from one day to the next, all our IP addresses went from being allowed to being banned. I'm sure that was fun for customer support to deal with. And that's the problem, because it's one of those things where all, like the network's working fine. The connections are working fine. The the user has has a connection to the internet, but they don't have access to all these services. And I think it kind of feeds back into, like, we've talked previously, I mean, not on this podcast, but I mean previously as in on the blog and elsewhere about things around, like, network net neutrality and, you know, how important it is that you that we have a free and open internet. And you're going to see that, you know, you see those kind of, those images, those kind of memes floating around about, you know, that you end up where the internet is basically... You know, three or four companies that provide absolutely everything, and you have to go through them. And if you don't go through them, that's it, kind of thing. And this is one of the problems you run into now in a kind of slightly sideways. It's not. It's not quite the same thing, but it just shows that. You know, if if people block, if 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 the if three or four of the big streaming companies block your network then it causes a massive issue because those streaming services are the main reason that people are using your broadband. Exactly. It's not, it's not for, they don't care about whether they can access, I don't know, their bank. I mean, they probably do care about their bank, but that's not why they're, why they're on the phone to you screaming. It's because they can't watch you know, the latest whatever TV show or film or something. Well, I think it's interesting that, you know, people just in in the abstract think the internet is just a pipe, but running an ISP is more than just the pipe. It takes active management on a daily basis to make sure that your customers are getting where they need to go on the internet. And I, that must be fascinating, but also challenging to do. Well, it's the stuff that you can't predict, I suppose, is the, is the thing for me. It's like, I never thought that I would end up spending time trying to find responsive contacts in some of these companies to kind of sort out 
a problem that is not of my own making or a problem that is not of our making at all. You know, because the, the default that these guys do is, by default, is they block the entire internet and then they allow segments of it to have access. It's, it's just, it's, it's kind of fascinating and scary. It's kind of fascinating. It's, it, is, it is just one of those things where, you know, you just don't see it as being something you're going to have to worry about. And then you realize that you actually do have to worry about it. Things that keep you up late at night. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. It's, it's worrying. It is but worrying. the world-class engineers and technicians at Black Knight have your back. Yeah, but the problem with this is it's that they, it doesn't matter how good. If, the, if, so, if somebody at if, Disney Plus isn't returning emails, then it's their problem, not your problem, right? Well, this is the thing. It's like, okay, so, you know, a lar so Ticketmaster, for example, I finally got through to, I finally got, you know, responses from human beings there. And this has been ongoing. I've been trying to get this sorted out with them for months. And every time I think I've made a little bit of progress and I'm actually getting somebody who's, who, under, who actually wants to actively engage and maybe actually sort the problem out, make a bit of progress, but then you hit a brick wall again. Right. And it's, and it's, it's you know, it's, it's, you know, the, 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 this kind of thing, it's, it doesn't matter how good our technical team are. If, if another network is blocking you, they're blocking you and that's it. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we block large swathes of the internet as well for, and if, usually for, for very good reasons. I mean, if we, if the only traffic we see coming from a particular network is you know, quote unquote, bad traffic. In other words, hacking attempts against websites, hacking attempts against, you know, servers, control panels, all that kind of thing. And just basically the kind of traffic that you just do not want in your network. Rather than trying to mitigate one or two IP addresses, if we keep keep seeing lots of stuff coming from the same network and it's only that kind of traffic, we just go, well, okay, we'll just drop the entire network. Because why, why wouldn't you? I mean, what's the point? What is the point in, in allowing them to, to access your resources if all they're doing is abusing you? It just doesn't make any sense. Just, it's, it's, a waste, it's a massive waste of time. So, you know, we, we block, we have to block parts of the internet. But, that, but the difference is, though, that we, it is possible to contact us if you feel right. that we're block that we're blocking you and we shouldn't be blocking you, it's not that hard to contact us. There's multiple avenues open to you. We're not hard to find, honest. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean these are just kind of weird, weird challenges that I, I said I just didn't think about or even consider that I'd have to be dealing with. So look, hopefully the weather will get better over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully the next time we we talk. We'll be able to say that Dublin Airport is absolutely amazing and is back to its good old efficient self and travelling through it is, a, is pure pleasure. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk again in a couple of weeks' time. Hopefully, hopefully things will be, will be good and positive and 
we'll have lots of fun things to talk about. So until then, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from him. Goodbye. Thank you.